0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another amazing episode of Secrets and Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host Sylvie Daou and Cycling Coach. So before we get started, I have some quick announcements. I have two, actually, and they are related to winter or cycling training skills. Now, August is about the time where a lot of us start thinking about, ooh, what am I going to do to you know, improve what I'm already doing now? So you think about, how am I doing on the road? What kind of skills would I love to improve and how am I going to get those skills? And that's where I have something so amazing for you. It doesn't matter where you're sitting because we're in like 35 different countries. Amazing. So this can impact all of you if it interests you or piques your interest. So the first thing is I have a cycling skills online four week workshop. For women. And this is where we're going to, it's only for September and October. Each week we focus on a different skill. So first we really work on what is a smooth pedal stroke and how to get more efficient. I'm going to share with you the skills and tips and my secrets about that. And then we're going to move on to hills and then speed. And then we finish it up with nutrition. We get, and we also talk about our weight training program, which is so important for strength training, to become better. With this one is super fun because every week we do the workshop and then I give you homework and then we have a and a so you basically have me as a coach for the whole month. And that is cyclingskillspro.com. Go you can register now, secure your spot September or October. Then the next one is a much longer, more training, more uh geared towards um working towards goals. And really drilling in the skills that, A, we go through in the four-week program. Pedal stroke, then we get into the drills. And it's periodized. I also help you with organizing yourself to be scheduled in your training so that you don't overdo it and you become very intentional. I just love this because a lot of people just get on the online programs and they just go for broke all the time you have to plan it. It's an 80-20 rule, 80% um, endurance, 20% intensity. And if you're not getting that, you're just going to basically overtrain yourself and overdo it. So the 16-week program is dedicated to that and so much more. So this starts in November to March. So it's truly through the winter. Weight training, online program, uh, maybe some racing, group riding, All of that is going to be part. You just join us and we'll take care of your winter training. Now go to 16weekroadcycling.ca and secure your spot. Registration is not open right now, but those who are on the VIP will get a chance to secure a spot at an early bird price. So don't wait, get on the list. All right, take care and have an amazing day. And don't forget to ride your bike. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Joining us for another amazing episode of Secrets from the saddle, all things cycling, with your host Sylvie Deau, and we have a really, really amazing lady, Andrea Wise. I met her not too long ago in a mastermind uh, group that I joined in the spring, and through that, you'll notice a lot of people on the podcast that were from here. But I brought Andrea in because with we with sport we come there's business. And for, there are some athletes who like, let's just talk about the Olympics pro and elite athletes who, you know, what happens after business, uh, after business, after sport, um, how can you leverage your current situation in social media to build a business around you? And that's where Andrea comes in with her expertise. So this is totally, out of like you know the realm of just straight up cycling but we know that the olympics are coming after olympics we have athletes who are either going to go on to Worlds, retire or go for another olympic run so what happens to those who end up retiring and then we can also talk about what happens to those well maybe we won't get into the ones the ones that are forced into early retirement due to injury we're not going to talk about those that just yet but we're going to talk about so Andrea welcome to the podcast I'm so excited to have you here and to you know listen to your expertise
1: thank you I'm super excited to be here so thank you for asking Um, Just a quick little brief background about myself. So I currently live in Chicago and August will be 20 years for me, which is super crazy. I'm originally from Oregon and grew up as an athlete myself. I actually played softball in college and have continued to be very active. I've been in the health and wellness industry for about 18 years, which is super crazy to even you know, think about that, but it's it's been a long time and I wouldn't have it any other way. In addition to that, I've been an entrepreneur since 2012, which has been a really wild ride in a lot of different areas, but also have a background in corporate America in terms of running teams, kind of helping scale businesses, grow teams and helping grow other businesses. So. I have an interesting background that has um, given me a really interesting Rolodex of experience and people that are kind of in my bubble, and I'm super excited to now have you in my bubble and be on here chatting with you about sport and business and strategy and how that relates to athletes as we age and you know, what we want to do in terms of longevity of our mm-hmm. life and how we can kind of meld the worlds into the best of both worlds as we continue to, you know, age through our journey.
0: I love the word age. <laughs> Maybe that's just like, cause like I've, I feel kind of aged, but the thing is that there are a lot of us who decide that we are so passionate about our sport that we want to make a business out of it. And I guess we could talk about like yourself, like myself, uh, I've been in the uh, fitness industry since twenty. You know, well, yeah, twenty years, uh, coaching for fifteen. Um, have you know done various you know figure competitions right into cycling coaching and and now I marry the two with you know the health aspect. And how do you you know how do you put it all together to make it like a viable um, business? I mean, you've got that side and then you have the athletes who are using their, um, I guess, their um, presence or, you know, their, their position. So like, you know, like a pro cyclist or like an Olympic cyclist, how how do they leverage that portion or that, um, you know, where they are in sport to build a business around that? Where do you want to start, Andrew?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting, especially as of recent. I've I've been having more and more conversations with different athletes at different at different stages, mm-hmm. you know, with the NCAA enacting these new rules uh, so that you know people in college and at a younger age can now do get paid essentially for their likeness and/or other things. It's really open mm-hmm. up because. For a lot of athletes, you couldn't get paid in terms of sponsorships or brand deals or anything. And if they yeah. did, it's happening under the table, which everyone knows that that happens and it's it's a thing, depending yeah. on which sport you're in, right, and which college you go to. So it's interesting because at all these different levels, there's an opportunity depending on your likeness and your brand and your visibility. And then in addition to that, your God-given talent um, or, you know, your hard work and sweat equity in terms of what you can get. And a lot of times I think that it depends on, you know, what, what your vision and what, what you stand for is, how you perform and how people are drawn to you. And is there a way that you can figure out how to monetize that with specific brands and or educate people that are drawn to your story or can identify with you? And there's a sweet spot for that because everyone has a story. You think about a business or you think about the things that we do and you think about athletes and their story and, you know, their success or their pitfalls or how they, you know, came back and everyone has a story of some kind. So once you have a little bit more clarity, in my opinion, about what your vision is or what's important to you or what you want to stand for. Then it becomes easier to execute that vision.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about when you were talking about um, you're mentioning the branding. Now, I mean, I guess we can go back. I guess this this could relate to any age because you can have a personality, a brand, a you know, like a presence, and because I've just come up across this myself as being approached by, you know, a company to, you know, sell a certain product because, you know, your, your affluent or Im- your influence on social media is, is drawn them to you or you, or they found you.
1: Mm-hmm. So how would
0: you start like talking to somebody say who has been approached? Like, how would you have them build that contract or like, what would you, what do you, what kind of advice do you give them? Like, you know, cause they're like, there's all sorts of people who want your name on their brand or be associated with you. Mm-hmm. How do you guide them? Let's start. I guess we could start there. Cause you just mentioned it and I was like, Oh, I want to talk about that.
1: Absolutely. I think it really depends on, on the person. Right. And their visibility and their reach. If you talk about influencers, now you and I are of an older vintage. And so we didn't grow up with social media and all these things that people have now. But when you talk about brands and you talk about marketing, you know, commercials and reach, they want to be able to sell said product. And, you know, based on a given individual, if they have a lot of reach or influence, you know, then a brand would like to partner with said, you know, said individual because they want to be able to reach a specific demographic and sell more of said thing. Right. So at the end of the day, it often comes down to dollars. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: you know, Percentage.
1: Exactly. So a lot of that depends on the, the specific brand and the individual as well, right? So who are they trying to go after? What's their demographic? What is the brand vision or alignment? You know, if you're talking about a supplement company versus an athletic apparel, a company, you know, a cycling company, a specific type of you know, um, you know, bike or helmet or shoes, right? There's, There's different people that fit into that brand ethos or are specifically attracted to, you know, said, said thing. And so they want to find more of the people that have the visibility, that have their ideal audience that they can, that they can attract.
0: So the company that I just sort of started working with is a bike rack company. It's a, it's a European company. They are just situated in Montreal. I guess like I'm the mom with the car, with the bike rack, with the kids. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And it, it just, is funny, Andrew, because it happened at such a time where I was looking at my bike rack and like, I need to upgrade. And it was just like the universe sent me this email. And so it, it just, actually happened though. I was like what no way I looked at their website I'm like oh they got bike racks <laughs> I like I'm like well you know it just so happens so and we signed like a little contract but there's no timing there's just a um percentage right
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so it's working more with that company to get you know create that visibility for them and and uh It's like, do you want my back rack or this bike rack? (laughs) You don't want to upgrade for this one to this one. You know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) Right, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where you've been in the cycling community for a long time. You know, it's part of who you are. It's part of what you do. It's part of your family, you know, kind of life and the activities that you do. And there's a lot of other people that you know that check a lot of those same boxes. So Mm -hmm. for this, who better than you to be an advocate for how much you love this bike rack, right? And (laughs) does for you and how it serves a purpose and, and all of these other things, you know? So when you think about that for different brands or different people coming out of sport, Or again, with all of that visibility, you know, it's something that's been around for forever, but I think because of social media and just visibility in general with some of these people who have such massive followings in, you know, in specific sports and just the access, you think about the global access that, you know, people have. And so if there's a brand that can ship globally or, you know, you can purchase it globally or it, you know, whatever, then they have an ability to, you know, sell and, and market much, much better than they did previously. Yeah, really.
0: It's like, I just, and I, you know, I forgot to ask them like how they found me because it's always interesting the, the avenue because, you mm. know, it's not like you cross paths or anything. Um, but so do you work with individuals or athletes who are making transitions? Like, has anybody come to you and said, you know, like Andrea, can I work with you to help me build something that is, would be like financial, like a good financial business mm-hmm. out of what I'm currently doing? Do mm-hmm. you do, is that uh, part of?
1: There's a lot of conversations that have been had with different athletes that I've worked with at different points in time about what are you going to do after sport? And it's a really big, it's a really big deal. And it's a conversation that a lot of people don't like to have because as a former athlete and whatnot, as, as yourself, you know, I was just saying a while ago, right. How amazing was it? Cause I played softball in college. How amazing was it that that's, you know, what I essentially got paid to do. I got paid to, to go to school and I got paid to like play one of my favorite sports. You know, I was joking the other day that I played in the dirt for, you know, 11 or 12 years of, <laughs> of my life. Right. And those were some of the best years of my life. Uh, but for other athletes, you know, some of the WNBA athletes or cycling athletes or male athletes, there's an expiration date, right? We, we have our sweet spot in terms of years, and we don't like to think about what's going to happen after we can't play anymore because there's this thing that we love, but it's very much a reality. And so the conversation of, okay, what do you want to do after sport is a really important one and what can you do while you're in sport to set yourself up to be successful after sport and what does that mean for your livelihood You know, based on what's important to you, uh, you know, what you want to stand for, you know, do you want to have a foundation, do you want to educate, do you want to work with the youth, you know, do you have some grandiose idea for some business that you want to figure out how you can execute and leverage you know, your resources or what you've been doing for all of these years in sport to help yourself be more successful after. And there's no right or wrong answer. I just prefer that people have some kind of plan or vision so that they can start working on it because there is a transition. You know, you don't all of a sudden just stop sport and then, you know, it's this easy transition into said other thing, right? There's an identity shift, you know, you're so used to having a schedule. There's all these other layers yeah. into it. And if you have this, you know, oh shit moment, um, then, you know, what what are you going to do? So I like to have some planning or some discussion about what that is so that there's some lead time leading up to it so that you can get certain things in place to set yourself up for success. Cause the transition alone is hard enough. Uh, you know, just from out of sport to normal human, especially depending on like what what kind of sport or at what level you were at.
0: I think it's the, and before even that, I think it's the, the identity shift of of being, I just remember um, it's a, he was a pad, uh, a paddler and uh, for the, and he went through, I think two Olympic runs. And, and he, I went to school, his sister and I just remember following him, but I also remember following him when he decided to retire and basically no, and I think, and his journey, because, and it wasn't the best because, I mean, he didn't go down the rabbit hole of, you know, like some people do, but it was the whole, like, nobody cares anymore about you. <laughs> It's It's really, it's really harsh, but it is really, it's an on off switch. Like nobody's massaging you and like helping you exit. And, um, and, and I just remember, you know, reading an article and having him, like, you could just feel the bitterness, the bitterness and, or, and just like the reality of like, oh my gosh, like Mm
1: -hmm. I had no
0: idea that it was going to be like this. And what do I do with myself
1: now? Absolutely. It's, right. it's interesting because I've worked with a handful of executives, right? And that's a different type of sport. You know, they're a diff- an executive is a different type of athlete. So I've worked with a few CEOs and when they retire from their company, they have the same thing, this huge identity crisis. You go from leading this massive charge to of a massive company with all these people and having this, um, you know, this identity and this visibility and then all of a sudden you're just, you know, home and can do whatever you want and you don't have a schedule and you don't have to travel. And then it's like, okay, well, what's my purpose? What am I going to do? So, you know, for athletes, they have the same thing, right? It's just a little, they're going through similar things. It's just different. Yeah. It's like,
0: here's your paycheck here. doesn't exist anymore. And like it's really nice to know you, uh, <laughs> like we're on to the next and I think and um, yeah because I've I've talked to quite a few well enough enough uh, high level athletes that I always ask them you know like what's your next two five years kind of look like like what do you have going on and surprisingly enough the ladies have a lot like school still going on they're like finishing a master's they're like transitioning I was like okay so they're just like yeah I'm just you know, waiting for this. And then I'm, I have like a whole, I'm already like set myself up. And I was like, wow, that's really smart. And then there are some that are like, what?
1: <laughs> like I'm sure um, I, Going to what they're going to do and what that transition looks like.
0: Yeah. Cause it's just a lot of, uh, and like you said, it's the, it's the schedule, right? It's just so repetitive. And so like, what's next and what do we train for? And I'm you know, like I have to work on set skill to be better and, you know, I gonna need six months to do that or, you know, whatever, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's why I was thinking. And, um, and then there's like other people who are, who exit early mm-hmm. or injury. And yeah. do you work with individuals like that? Cause if they, like, I just find if if they don't have help, that's when, you know, a lot of depression sits in because that is kind of like, um, uh, let me say it's, it's a surprise. Like there was no planning. It just happened overnight. And, Mm -hmm. and then what do you do?
1: Absolutely. And that's really difficult. You know, if you, if you've been any athlete that's ever had any kind of injury, uh, it's unexpected because you don't want to sit out of your sport. And then if you unfortunately suffer an injury that ends your career, then there's all of the emotional things that, that come with it. Right. Um, You know, talking about the Olympics with things coming up, coming out of COVID and whatnot, I was having a discussion with a good friend of mine about the Olympics and which athletes are choosing to go and which are not. And, you know, asking my opinion around, well, what would you do? And you know, for me, I was like, okay, if I'm an athlete that's at the end of my rope, so to speak, and I'm on the the end, towards the end of my career, and this is going to be my last hurrah or my last chance, and I've worked all of this time, and you know, this is my opportunity to get to the Olympics, would I sit out? Or, you know, would would I want to go versus an athlete who is maybe younger, and could could go in the future. You know, that's a very, very different struggle for someone to, to go through when you talk about the decision that you have to make, right? Because it depends on where you are in your career. You know, something that I would have done when I was in my 20s is, you know, not something that I would now do as I'm, you know, starting to approach, you know, the, the 40 marks. So um, <laughs> you know, different, different choices based on where you are where you are in your life and so to kind of go back to your question in terms of an athlete that sustains an injury and now they have to end their career you know not only do they need to rehab and get to a point depending on the severity of the injury so that they can you know be active and do things in their normal life Now they also have to deal with, you know, the regret or the emotions of not ever being able to compete at said level again. And then what am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know, because there's that whole identity crisis slash worthiness slash, you know, what's my purpose now and that whole other shift in transition that needs to happen, And then like, okay, what did I do to set myself up in terms of livelihood? You know, am I, am I good financially? Was I not very smart with my money beforehand? Like what other skill sets do I have that I can, you know, do and leverage so they have purpose? So there's a lot of pieces that have to, uh, that have to be ironed out, so to speak.
0: How do you work with someone like that? Like, do you have steps in place or is Is it that simple? Like, how would you start transitioning? Like, we'll just talk quickly about someone like that. But I want to talk after about the, well, I guess this is part of it, but I also want to do the branding part. And I guess it is all kind of the same, but this is a different circumstances where it's just like surprise. Hello, you're here, you're, and then, you Mm -hmm. know, you're gone. And like you said, have you been set up? Was your money (laughs) taken care, you know, did you spend it wisely
1: or not? Like,
0: how did you work with someone like that?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in my my perspective or in my opinion, it's really about, you don't know what you don't know. And once you have some kind of vision or idea about what it is you want to do and where you want to go, Then it's easier to get the right people in place. You know, I'm definitely not someone that knows everything, but I'm someone who is very resourceful and knows a lot of people. So, you know, if it's like, okay, I have this amount of money, I want to figure out, you know, how I can leverage it or whatever else. Okay, well, let's get you in front of a couple different financial people so that we can figure out what some like good responsible options are for you, you know. If you have some other business ideas or some other things, okay? What does that look like and what would the execution strategy be like and how can we bring this to fruition? What's it going to look like in terms of generating revenue? You know, all all of these things. So it's kind of like, what's what's the vision? What's the problem? You know, how can we figure out an execution plan or a strategy? And what does that timeline look like? Because not everything can happen all at once. You know, there's seasons to things, certain things take a certain amount of time. And then just really figuring out, okay, with all of these puzzle pieces. You know, how do we put this picture together in a way that feels good for you? Because it's not my life, you know? And you you can be advised by people who have your best interest in hand for the bigger picture, right? And then there's other people who will take advantage of you and so my goal is always to listen to what what the goal is and try and surround the person with the best possible people and options so that they can make an educated decision and choice versus being led astray in some other way that might not serve them
0: so that's one now let's talk about that A let's let's talk about the high level athlete. Now we've got a lot that are like circling. Like right now, we just went through soccer and we just tour de France is still on. Uh, We're going into the Olympics. So any one of those like high level, high performance, high I would say like um, in the media, there's a word there's, I think in a, of it. One of those people, how would you help them sort of leverage what they're doing right now for like the future? Say they've got, they're still going on for another two, five years and, and mm-hmm. they're like, okay, my goal is in five years. I want to have to be like here financially. I have like you said, you, you mentioned like a charity or a foundation, um, or back into teaching, like, how do you help those people leverage themselves right now as they're super into their sport?
1: Mm -hmm. It really is all about sitting down and having, having a, having a discussion, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of, it's a lot of questions about where you are right now, where do you ultimately want to go? And then what are the options in order to get there? You know, what things do you have in place? Where do you feel really, you know, strong and and sure about things in your life? Where are you not so sure? Where do you want some additional support and advisement? You know, what, what do you want your life to look like? You know, do you want to continue living where you're living? Do you want to travel more? You know, do you want to um, live in multiple, multiple different places. You know, there's, there's so many things when you talk about unpacking what that plan's going to look like, and no one has a crystal ball, but what you can do is you can put a rough roadmap in place to get certain things in line. You know, you can't, like I said, you can't do everything overnight, But what you can do is take a look at where you are now, figure out where you want to go. And then based on asking really good questions, you know, in terms of, you know, some people are really big on wanting to, like I said, give back to the youth. Or some people, based on their upbringing, they want to put a foundation or something together to, you know, give back to kids maybe that were similar to them, or to address a a problem or something that they were going through where they didn't feel like there was necessary resources or adequate support. Um, you know, someone maybe along the way was maybe touched by a specific person or individual with um, you know said issue, right? And so lots of people like think about the course of, you know, maybe the last like 10, 15, 20 years of your life, right? There's different people who you've encountered or different things that you've gone through that have shaped who you are today. And if you were an athlete that was, you know, on the precipice of retiring, you know, two to five years from now, if you were to kind of like zoom out and someone was to go through a bunch of these questions with you, you'd probably be able to get a better picture of what you would like the next, you know, two to five or 10 years to look like. And so you just figure out a plan and then get the necessary people or things in place and work on that execution.
0: Do you have any examples
1: you can um, share?
0: Like, say like somebody you, you've worked with or that you can think of that you've, um, you've helped in, with regards to your
1: um i can't give any specific examples not
0: exact add, name but
1: um uh, for confidentiality reasons but you know if you think about maybe someone who was playing said sport and you know they now like i feel like transition into media is oftentimes you know something that is yeah. uh that's uh quote-unquote normal right or yeah. some kind of media something and they start some kind of foundation um, and then, you know, they want to go on and, um, you know, kind of like have a family and, you know, do do something like that, right? Or sometimes there's people who also have this business vision, you know, that they wanna now put their skills to use and start, you know, a certain type of, of business, right? So there's there's no right or wrong way because everyone's their own individual and you know anything anything's possible essentially, but it's really just about that what's your vision and then you know what's the execution plan and does, does it make sense, right? Does it check all the boxes? Like are you doing something just because you want to do it? Are you doing it because you need to generate a certain amount of revenue? Are you doing it because you want to build some kind of legacy that is ongoing for years and years to come, you know, after your passing, like, wh- like, what is it that's important to you? And then, you know, then you figure out a plan and then you execute it.
0: True. I know it's, and you know what, it's funny. I was just looking at your Facebook page, speaking of a plan. And I was just like, you know, and you were talking about slowing down to figure it out.
1: Oh, slowing down to speed up. Yeah. Yes. Talk about ahead. that. Sure, Let's all.
0: talk about that because I am pretty sure, and I'm kind of one of them that would love to skip ahead about uh, 10 steps and maybe a couple of years and, <laughs> and, and land where I want to be like right now. So can you talk on that whole concept of slowing down to go for Cause you had a couple steps in there. I didn't get to read them all, because uh-huh. I'm to go back. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is, <laughs> like, this is me. And this is what, I, cause I was like, just yesterday I was like, clear off my desk I'm like, okay I need to make a plan uh-huh. um, of what, you know my next couple of years is gonna, look- oh, sorry next six months to Uh, the next couple of years. So can you talk on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I have um, mentors and whatnot that I work with and coaches that I work with as well. And, you know, sometimes we need to take our own advice or we need someone else to to tell us these things that we already know. (laughs) You know, we as humans are creatures of habit. And most people are creatures of habit. There are some people who are more creative and, you know, live life by the seat of their pants. And there's a lot more spontaneity in it. And that's a certain type of individual. But typically we get in this routine, you know, and you maybe do your workout, you have your family, you do your work, you go to work, you know, you take the family vacations, you're working on your business, you know, you're just kind of on this said hamster wheel, and it's really easy for your calendar to get very full. Everyone likes to use the word that I'm busy. Uh I used to be one of those people. Try not to use that anymore. I'm just distracted. Yeah. That's yeah, Well, well, you you can you can be busy, right? You can make yeah. yourself busy every single day, but are you are you doing things because you're choosing to or are you just putting things on your calendar to make yourself busy? And so, I've I stress to people the importance of being able to zoom out and or have white space on your calendar. You know, if you're just going from thing to thing to thing all the time, it's very monotonous. But if you really want to plan, you have to you have to zoom out and, you know, kind of take note of what's happening on your day to day are all of the things that you're doing every day serving you and or serving your bigger vision and picture, right? I keep talking a lot about this vision that you have. And so sometimes in order to zoom out and slow down, we need to do less and say no, because maybe not everything that you're doing is serving you. Maybe there are things that you're doing that you could delegate or automate to other people so that you could focus on only the things that you're doing, you know, and it really just depends on what's important to you. And there are definitely seasons of these things, right? There's seasons in business, there's seasons in training when we're talking about it as, as athletes, uh, the in-season, the off-season, and, you know, everything else that happens in between. But the only way to really go further faster is really to kind of slow down and say no to more things and figure out what's really important to you. Maybe you're doing like 10, 15, 20 things right now, but again, is that really serving you and your bigger vision? And if it's not, okay, how do we get rid of these things so that you can put more focused energy and intention on maybe two or three things at a time? Would that speed things up and help you go further faster so that you could actually enjoy life a little bit more? Probably. And people oftentimes struggle with that because they're like, oh, well, I have to, I have to, I have to. Okay, well, let's not have to do anything. You either get to and you have choice. You either choose to do it or you can choose not to do it, but you don't have to do anything. (laughs) I'm like... I would rather not do
0: anything. No, just <laughs> I'm so and I just started like delegating certain things like with his podcast, right? Like getting it up on Instagram, like getting it up on the website. I'm just like, oh
1: my God, like shoot me. And I'm like there's people that would love to do it.
0: And- I know, and I found some. <laughs>
1: Right. You yeah. know, everything that you dislike to do or say, I never, ever want to do that again. I guarantee you there's someone who that thing fills their cup and they want to do it all the time.
0: Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and they're good at it as well. Yes. And fast. And yes. I'm just like, yeah, I will pay for that. Um, and I need to do a little bit more of that. Cause I was just thinking, I'm like, like you said, I was thinking, okay, what can I get rid of mm-hmm. that somebody could do way better than me and faster. And I just like, will pay for that <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to get it done. And uh, it, oh my God, it felt so good. And then I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. Cause like all my podcasts are there and I can just like, start sharing them at a moment. Like, I was just like, whoa, this is worth <laughs> the X number of dollars that I paid yeah. Just to be free of that job.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes people need permission. Sometimes people need to see things through a different lens. Sometimes mm-hmm. you train things a little bit differently. Sometimes you need a mindset shift to make these steps in progress. You yeah. know, we're all at different places at different points in time. And we all, yeah. this you know, programming, or we think that we should, or, uh, you know, we feel guilty or whatever about these other things. But once, you know, you have permission, or once you understand that there's a different way, it's very freeing.
0: It is, because I was just like, oh my gosh, what else can I offload? Exactly. (laughs) And so I can like just focus on some of the things that I need to take care of that, exactly. you know, that build the ROI. Like, I know this is kind of taking a different spe- step, but that's, that's like, it's anything, you know, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, if you're an, a high level athlete, you have to start like deciding what you need to do to move forward. Um, exactly. And uh, like, you got, you got your CEOs, you got your busy moms who are trying to run businesses. You got, like, we're all kind of lumped in the same, pile, maybe different column, um, are on the same spreadsheet, different column, but
1: it's, it's very true. You know, you think about athletes and everything. I mean, I think about, I think about athletes that I've worked with and when I was an athlete, you know, myself and, you know, you have sleep hygiene. That's so important to repairing your body, right? You have the food and the nutrition and the fuel that needs to go into your body you have to eat it but that doesn't mean you have to prepare it someone else can do that and again you don't know what you don't know so not all the athletes know what they need to be consuming that's going to serve what they need to do in terms of performance. So you hire an expert for that, you know, um, you think about the body work that happens you think about the strength and conditioning that needs to happen you think about the mindset work that needs to happen. think about the soft tissue work that needs to happen, the person that needs to, you know, tune your bike or the experts that you need for your equipment. There's all these different things that someone is an expert in. And so it really does take a team when you're talking about, you know, whether you're a high performing athlete, whether you're, you know, uh, a mom and a business owner, whether you're a CEO and an executive of some kind, you know, there's all these different Pieces, right it's not done solo by one person being an expert at every single facet of every single thing it just doesn't work like that
0: you get nice and comfortable with delegating which is nice because you sometimes you just have to let go of yeah. all of that stuff just to oh my gosh have some free time and <laughs>
1: super, important. super important yeah that white space is important
0: Mm mm-hmm because you just think about your look at your week and and sometimes I just go like Andrea I'm like oh my gosh another week just passed by and I wasn't able to get to that and I'm like oh fuck you know like shit and and I hate the fact that time passes so quickly especially
1: to get older (laughs) I I feel like they they just you know things start to kick into sixth gear, uh, and like, time is just flying by and, you know, being able to slow down, enjoy the moments, being able to to choose what you get to do versus saying, mm-hmm. I have to do all these things. It's just such a better, such a better way to live, but there is a big mindset shift and culturally you know, you're in Canada and I'm in Oregon, but culturally, depending on where you are, there's all this like work more, work more, work more. Yeah. No time off, no freedom, no vacations, no play, all these things, but we need to live.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what I think sometimes like, and I, and I'm trying to make one of those shifts is that you're, you see what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like you see where you want to be, and you're like, but I have to like grind it out now to mm-hmm. get to that. And just like, oh my gosh, like I can't let this drag on.
1: And agree. And drag on. And there, there are definitely seasons, and you know, at different points in time, right? As an athlete, there are seasons where you just have to grind. But I'm a really big proponent about making sure that you are building your life around your business or around your other thing or whatever your transition is versus, Mm -hmm. you know, your business around, you know, like everything else. Because if you, if you build something, you know, and you don't take into consideration all the other things that you want to do then you're setting yourself up for, for failure. You know, If you don't want to work 10 hours a day, if you want to have the freedom to travel, if mm-hmm. you don't want all of these things, then you take that into consideration and you build it accordingly, not reverse. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Say that again. <laughs> no, it's <I'm> serious. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Just really <laughs> consideration really taking into consideration what's important for you, not only right now, but long-term, and then Mm -hmm. working towards what it is that you want, taking into consideration that you might be in a grind it season, okay, Mm -hmm. when does that, when, when is there the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, when is there that time when you're like, okay, I'm not working 10 hours anymore, right, I want to work five hours, um, or I want to work four hours, or I want to have more time to travel or more time with my kids, okay? So where are you now? And in order to get to that, what needs to happen, okay? And how do we figure out a plan that we can execute so that we can make what we want come to fruition? We wanna make that our reality, not our reality, you know, two or five years from now. How can we make this happen faster?
0: And that's where I'm at this year. I'm at that. Uh So. I made the, the, um, the decision to hire someone to help me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I, I, it's funny cause it's just like hiring a coach, well, a coach, like as an athlete to get, you know, are hiring me as a coach for a cyclist. How yeah. much time do you want to waste mm-hmm. just trying to figure things out? Like how many YouTube videos do you need to watch before you hire somebody who can tell you exactly what you need exactly to, to get where you want to go.
1: So yeah so no, I, time is our most valuable asset. It is. And, and you can always find someone who can give you support, accountability, or can be an expert to help you skip those steps. You know, in order to, to go further faster. Oftentimes, yeah. you need to invest in yourself. Whether you're yeah. an athlete, you know, could yeah. you figure out your programming properly? Uh, but why not pay someone who's been doing it for years that can, you know, do it in 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour and give you exactly what you need versus you know you trying to trial and error and figure it out. I love hearing that you just hired someone. I. Um, work with a client in California. And we had, we had a call, I don't know, like six months or so ago. And we, you know, put together a little strategy and she did a great job executing it. She brought someone else on her team, you know, now delegated a bunch of things, you know, has made a ton of progress, really big ROI on her business. And, you know, now we're kind of working on the next steps, right? Okay. Well, how do we hire more people on your team so that you can, you know, just do the things that you really like to do. And that's really where the magic happens, you know? Um, So the progress that can be made if you're open and willing to release a little bit of control, feel good about your vision, feel good about that plan and execution strategy, feel like you have support and accountability. It might be a little uncomfortable, but it's possible. There's another way. very anxious about
0: this Uh Uh but the thing is that I've known for years this is what I needed to do I love it and so I sat for years and it's just like you know it's it's just like people who sit around waiting for things to happen um waiting for you know the weight to to melt off waiting for the money waiting for waiting 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 and I'm just like Uh I'm I'm so tired of waiting. I mean, I'm doing lots of stuff. It's just not getting me where I want to go. And so like, I'm just busy doing busy stuff. And so I was just like, I have to do this.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And so therefore I have to do it. I paid the money. And now it's the angst part about actually like being forced to do it because that's what it is. Like I can draw out things for a year, you know, like you can draw things out like, Oh yeah. And like I said, the weeks just melt away. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, it's like six months into the year. And like, so the thing is, is being accountable, having the plan, having the homework. Um, it's all these things. And, and like, sometimes just, you know, it's just like, this is what you should do. Stop doing that. And I'm like, I've always wondered, I've been spending years wondering about what I should do about this.
1: <laughs> and it could be solved in a, in a nice little quick conversation. Yeah,
0: that's right. She's like, no, do this, do that, do that. Exactly. <laughs> Get rid of that.
1: I'm a I'm really like, big proponent of uh, failing fast and I'm not big that it's failure, it's just feedback. So the faster you take action and do things with a said rough, roadmap or plan you either figure out that it works or it doesn't work you tweak it and then you do it again versus sitting in um you know paralysis by paralysis, analysis analysis and getting nothing done you know yeah. classes and nothing changes if nothing changes so
0: yeah
1: it put a different input in to make something else different happen
0: yeah so well, enough about me, but anyway, <laughs> but it was, it's just, it's just like being that client, you know, that like the, we talked we we're talking about athletes. It could be anything. Like, I mean, you could start being an athlete at my age and build a fo- you know, like, it's just, yeah, it's just what you want to do because you could be passionate about your sport at any age. You don't have to be an elite I mean, there's so many people just killing it as regular people, but, um, yeah, this has been awesome. And I've, <laughs> I'm so glad I got you on. Cause now I like, you know, our masterminds almost ending. I'm like, Oh my gosh. We've Is got, it like, I don't uh, think
1: it ends. September. it
0: ends in September, but
1: <laughs> it's only July.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. But like, you know, it's like, okay, am I taking enough? getting enough out of this and anyways so but so well thanks so we're at the top of the hour but this has been amazing and i hope everybody oh hey andrea do you have any last words of wisdom for for us before we end
1: uh words of wisdom pardon me no i kidding <laughs> uh- I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like what we had kind of talked about in terms of taking action, you know, lots of times people do lots of research and lots of research and I'm all for research, but you really need to execute, you know, there's only so much consumption that you can do. And you talked to five different people, 50 different people, everyone's going to tell you that they have a different opinion. But until you actually execute something and figure out what is happening, if it works for you or if it doesn't work for you, you're never going to know. You're just going to be basing it off of everyone else's information. So consume appropriately and then execute and then decide, okay, this is working. This isn't working, or I want to do this, or I don't want to do that. It's all just feedback and information so that you can continue putting one foot in front of the other. And if you don't know, you don't have to know, but you can find someone else who does. <laughs>
0: that's right. You can hire someone. Yes. To tell you that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love it. And that's right. You can only like, use the research excuse for so long <laughs> before you have to decide that did you read what you're looking to read you know I just find like people are researching because they're looking for a specific justification for something
1: or permission sometimes or sometimes-
0: permission yeah like oh I thought that was right this person said it was right I'm gonna go to <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly awesome. but uh yeah so thank you so much for being on here and don't forget everybody we're gonna thank you guys for joining us and listening and don't forget to subscribe and uh put in a review and andrea where can they find you
1: you can find me mostly on instagram that's probably the easiest way to find mm-hmm. me I andrea underscore wise underscore i answer my dms uh, you can text me my text buttons on there it really oh, is okay. I answer. so find me there easiest place
0: perfect so follow both of us on instagram so i'm sylvie do underscore cyclist and we got andrea underscore wise and thank you so much Please share and give us a great review. Have an amazing day. Day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the secrets from the saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I'm so glad you stopped by today please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.